Welcome to the Life is Better with You Here podcast with Dr. Childs. Here, we want to help, and where there's help, there's hope. A short disclaimer, this podcast is not a replacement for therapy. If you feel you need treatment, we strongly suggest you visit your physician or go to withyouhere.org slash therapists for assistance finding a mental health provider. This episode is included in our mini-series titled Breaking the Cycle and Starting New Conversations. Subjects in this series may trigger some or contain topics not suitable for certain audiences. Please use your discretion. Our topic for today is generational curses and trauma. Now here's our host, Dr. Childs. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Life is Better with You Here. I am your host, Dr. Shivana Childs, and we are so glad that you're with us. Today, we're going to be kicking off a series that we are calling Breaking the Cycle and Starting New Conversations. And with that, our topic today will be generational curses. So, as you know, before we get started, we always like to center ourselves, relax ourselves so we could take in this wonderful message and the good information we're going to receive today. So let's get our bodies ready, let's get our minds ready, let's get our spirits ready as I take us through this guided meditation. This meditation is called Blanketed in Relaxation because we're going to peel away restrictive layers to emerge with freedom. So let's get ready. Close your eyes now. And as I count to three, take a slow, Deep breath, filling your lungs fully. One, two, three. Hold your breath and now exhale with a slight sigh. As you continue to breathe slowly and deeply, Imagine that you are lying on a small bed in a large, undecorated room. You lie on your back, covered by several heavy blankets. They stretch from under your chin, down over your body, down to your toes, where they are all tucked under the corners of the mattress. As you relax quietly under the blankets, the top blanket magically peels its corners from under the mattress and slowly begins to roll off your body. The weight on your body lessens. The next blanket does the same. And the next? Your breathing becomes less labored the weight on your body slowly becomes less and less. The next blanket rolls off, and the next, and the next. You are now able to move your arms and legs freely Now you have only one light blanket covering your body. You feel almost no weight on your body, but you discover 
the last blanket is not moving by itself. With your limbs' newfound freedom, you discover that you can move the blanket by yourself. You take the blanket in your hands and peel it off your body, dropping it to the floor atop the rest of the blankets. You swing your legs off the bed, letting your feet touch the worn floor. You rise and walk from the bed and out to the room. Prepare yourself to return to us here in the room, fully alert and refreshed. When I count to three, you will take a deep breath, hold it, and breathe out with a light sigh while gently opening your eyes. Ready? One, two, three. Hold your breath and now exhale with a light sigh. <sighs> Open your eyes slowly and let the sight of the room come in. I hope that that has lessened your stress, that it, it has opened your mind, relaxed your body. As we talk about breaking the cycle and starting new conversations. And what we're going to talk about today is part of breaking that cycle. It's going to be our first in the series. And what it is today is generational trauma. So when we talk about generational trauma, a lot of people may know what it is. And a lot of people may not know what it is. Some of us have an idea of what it is and some of us may not. So I looked up quite a few definitions of it, and I came across two that I liked very much. One of which is a generational trauma is any ailment of the mind, body, and spirit resulting from negative behavioral patterns that are pressed down throughout several generations. So any negative behaviors, actions, mindsets that get passed from one generation to the next. Mother, father, son, daughter, aunties, uncles, throughout the family for generations and generations and generations. A social worker named Danielle Eugene, and she's a social work assistant professor, said generational curse refers to a negative cycle of behavioral patterns, practices, or mindsets. I'm going to repeat that practices or mindsets that are transmitted from one generation to generation. Let's think about some of the practices that are positive that we get from our family. Like how many of us know how to make our grandmother's macaroni and cheese or that favorite pound cake or that seven up cake or her greens or her dressing. Or how many of us know how to fix a car before because our father taught us or our grandfather taught us? Those are things that are passed down throughout generations. Well, those are some of the good things that are passed down. There are many horrible things that are passed down. In a lot of our families, we have family secrets. And as you may come to know, when we talk about secrets here 
when life is better with you here. Sometimes those secrets serve to hurt us and they cause us to be dying a slow death inside. And that's what we're going to be talking about in this new series is the traumas, the secrets, the things that we don't talk about that are killing us inside. So when we talk about generational traumas today, we're going to be talking about things that hurt us. So some uh, examples of generational trauma include, they're not, you know, excluded, mental illness such as depression, anxiety, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder. Those all have a hereditary basis. And with anxiety and depression, those can also be learned behaviors. You ever meet a family where the mother's anxious and then you look at the grandmother and the grandmother was anxious and they will tell you, oh, we're just worriers. We worry a lot. That's in my family. That's what we do. It can very much be a learned behavior, as can depression. You see somebody who's sad, they're down, they're always down. And then you look at their mother or their father or their great-grandmother or great-grandfather, and there's a lineage of depression there. Schizophrenia has a high heritability rate as does bipolar disorder. It runs in families. So mental illness can be one of those generational curses or generational traumas. Addiction. How many of us know families where the mom drinks, the cousin drinks, the uncle drinks, the grandfather drinks, the great-grandmother was a drinker, the great-grandfather was an addict? There's cocaine, heroin, crack, and it runs through generations of the family also learn behaviors and there also can be some heritability in that and so you also have people in the family that will say no i'm not going to drink because alcoholism runs in the family or i'm not going to take pain pills because i'm afraid of being addicted because i have people in my family that are addicted okay those are those generational traumas and people are trying to look out for those some people get caught up in the, in the generational curse and they don't know how to break the cycle. They don't know how to get out of it. Another form of generational curse is that we, sometimes I don't think we see it as that, is physical illness. How many of us have hypertension, high blood pressure, um, high cholesterol, diabetes that runs in our family, cancer? There's a whole host of physical ailments that run in families. And depending on how we take care of it and not take care of it can determine if we break the course of the curse. So again, physical illness can be one of those things that happens in our families that's a generational curse. Poverty. You know how they say there's generational wealth? There can also be generational poverty. Everybody is not born with a silver spoon in their mouth. Some of us have wooden spoons and some of us get rocks. And so if a rock is all you get, that's what we have to deal with. And so we go on with those rocks until we learn something better, if we have the same opportunities, because we do not all have the same opportunities. And so poverty can be a generational curse as well, especially if we don't know how to break it. So those are some of the things as well as divorce and unhealthy relationships. If we're not taught to be in good relationships, if we're not taught how to be treated well or how to treat others well, if we're raised in homes with domestic violence, 
we can think and believe that that is how we grow up treating people. If yelling is the normalcy in my home, then I think that's how I am supposed to communicate until I go out in the world and I see that not everybody communicates that way. But if I've been indoctrinated into that, if I've been brought up into that, it's a hard cycle to break, but it doesn't mean it can't be broken. So those are some of the things that we count as generational curses. And those are limited, or those are um, examples, but not limited to just those. There are many other things that can count as generational curses. Um, yelling, hitting. You know, some people will say they got whoopings or they got beatings or spankings. And those are very three very different things. You know, some of us grew up with getting hit with the Hot Wheels track or extension cords or switches. Some of us didn't get whooped at all, or we got spankings with or by hand, or maybe the belt or a house shoe, or some of us got time out, or we got talking to, or we got sitting in a corner. So people's experiences are different and based on their experiences can tell you the level of trauma that's there. And if that's how they were raised, they figure it was good enough for me, it'll be good enough for my kid, not realizing they're carrying over the trauma. So let's talk about the impact of all of these generational curses, okay? Disconnection, isolation, denial. We cannot even believe there's a problem. If it happened to me, I turned out okay. You'll be fine too. We won't be fine because you're not fine. Just because you endured it doesn't make it okay. And we don't want anybody else to have to endure it. We can have detachment. How many people know someone, or maybe you are that someone, that distanced yourself from your family because you did not like your childhood? Or you know someone that distanced themselves. They no longer talk to their family. They're estranged from their family. So they detached from their family. So that can lead to isolation, lack of support, loneliness, impaired self-esteem. It can be hard to feel good about yourself when you've been treated poorly, if you've been molested, if you've been beaten, if you have had experiences with alcohol, drugs, substance abuse, domestic violence. Those are all areas where depression, anxiety thrive. Self-esteem and poor coping skills thrive. Um, trauma bonding. And what trauma bonding is, is that we bond to the people that hurt us. We know it's not good for us, but it's the only support system we have. Um, one of my examples of that is people in domestic violence situations. We will sometimes say to them, oh, well, you should leave. Where are they going to go? Sometimes the person that's beating you is also the person supporting you. And so there's that trauma bond there. You can't break away from what's helping you. Where you have nowhere to go, there's no other support because you've detached from your family, because you've been isolated because there is nothing else for you, or you feel there's nothing else for you, and you've developed an emotional connection between your you and your abuser, and that happens more often than we would like. 
Again, we talked about estrangement. We talked about abuse. We talked about neglect and violence. So sometimes hurt people hurt people. And I know that sounds cheesy. I know it sounds corny, but it can also be very true. And so again, if this is the situation, the environment that we grew up in, learned behavior, it was good enough for me. It happened to me. I know no other way to cope. So this is what I do. This is my fallback. It doesn't make it right or wrong. It just makes it what it is. So we try to reserve judgment for people in these situations because we don't know the struggle. And we would not like for people to judge us until they've walked in our shoes. Some of the negative effects of this, along with the impacts, the trauma, the stress, hypertension, high cholesterol, diabetes, heart disease, stroke. These are things that can literally take us out. Okay. Um, the behaviors, the anxiety, the depression, which again can be learned behaviors, but look at what we're in. Look at what we're sitting through. The suicidal ideation. While we don't condone it, we understand how somebody could feel suicidal in this. It's a vicious cycle that you continue to be in. And we can feel there is no way out of this. If I am feeling trapped and I am feeling there's no way out, all I want is out. That's all I want. I just want to get out. And suicide can seem like the perfect way, but it is not. Suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. I will say that again. Suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. We can all understand how you get there. Often when I have people tell me that they want to die, that they want to kill themselves, I will ask them, is it that you truly want to die or is it that you just don't want to feel like this anymore? And nine out of 10 people will say, I just don't want to feel like this anymore. And who would want to feel like this? Who wants to feel trapped? Who wants to be beat? Who wants to be molested? Who wants to be sexually assaulted? Who wants to be stuck in addiction? Nobody wants those things. However, in generational curses, those are the things that happen to many people. And it causes all of these negative things to occur in our lives. Like we said, the estrangement, the detachment, the trauma bonding, all of those things happen and then it just gets passed down from one generation to the next. And we don't know how to get off that merry-go-round, that hamster wheel, and the hurt just passes on from one generation to the next. We can have poor sleep hygiene, how many of us don't sleep well? We either have a hard time falling asleep, staying asleep, or sleeping too much. And they often find that when we sleep too much, it's an escape. I love to sleep. It takes away the day for some people. They don't have to live in this cursed world. They can sleep and they can dream and hopefully it's a good dream. 
But on the flip side, sometimes they're nightmares about what they're going through. They're having flashbacks so they can't sleep. That's trauma, post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. So this generational trauma comes out in a lot of different ways. It impacts us in a lot of different ways. It can also cause us to use substances. Again, passing down those things from generation to generation, I used to mask the pain. You should use to mask the pain. Or we watch auntie, uncle, mom, dad use. It worked for them. They seem to be happy. I'm sad. Maybe I should try crack. Maybe I should try cocaine. Maybe I should smoke weed. It's all those things that we see other people doing in our family can be a learned behavior. And we don't know if we should, could, or how to stop this trauma. So in addition to the physical sensations and stress and illnesses, other symptoms of intergenerational trauma occur as well. And this is according to the American Psychological Association. Shame, guilt, okay? Shame for what's happening to you, even though it's not your fault. The guilt of participation when we carry on the generational curses. Um, A heightened sense of vulnerability and helplessness because nobody's helping us and we see help coming from nowhere. So we're vulnerable. The low self-esteem, low self-esteem, the dissociation. And what dissociation is, you can kind of um, liken it to having an out-of-body experience. You're in something, but you don't want to be there, so you imagine being somewhere else. So it's you, but not you. Okay, if that makes sense. But you disassociate. You pretend like you're not even there. And a lot of people disassociate. Um, hypervigilance, always being on guard, always on edge, always on the lookout for what's going to happen because you know something could happen at any time. Okay. Irritability, highly irritable, fuses this short, tired of taking, being taken advantage of. And you might not be able to control it in your family, but once you're on the outside, you can control that. So there's anger, there's fear, irritability, attitude meanness, and we can come up very negative to other people. We can have intrusive thoughts. Intrusive thoughts are thoughts that come into our head that we can't control. We can't stop them from coming. No matter what we do, they just keep coming and coming and coming. And it can even interrupt our day. How many times have you spent hours thinking about the one thing you did not want to think about and you feel like you go down those rabbit holes and you can't stop it? Those are intrusive thoughts. Difficulty with relationships and attachment to others. Again, that irritability, that views. We don't get along well with other people. We don't trust other people because the young people in my family did me wrong. So how could I possibly trust somebody outside my family? There is no trust there. Um, We have a hard time regulating our aggression. Again, that meanness. We can't do anything in our family to show it but we can definitely do something outside the family to show it. And those people may not even deserve it. Okay. Extreme reactivity to stress. Something stresses us and we add to disproportionate to the stress. Instead of being like, oh my gosh, that was so weird. Like yelling, screaming, cussing, 
at the smallest things, things that don't deserve that level of reaction. We have unhealthy coping skills, drug addiction, sex addiction, gambling addiction, um, minimizing the trauma, pretending like it's okay. It didn't happen that way or I can deal with it, not a big deal, which then minimizes the self, which then attacks our self-esteem. Because if it's not that important, I'm not that important, not a big deal. I can just deal with the abuse. You shouldn't have to. Denial. Acting like the abuse didn't even happen. Acting like this isn't even going on in my family. Acting like it's normal. And a lot of people do that as a survival tactic. Because if I just minimize it or deny it, then we can all be okay. And we can all just act like this is okay. All right. So it can cause us to not be the best version of ourselves. It can cause us to miss out on the gift of us and the world missing out on the gift of us. When you sit and think, you know, where you could be if A, B, and C didn't happen, that might be the curse in your family. What could you be doing? How do we break the cycle? And so, you know, we have a saying where there's hope there's help. So how do we break the generational curses? Awareness, being aware, first of all, that there is a curse, being aware that there is a problem, there is a trauma, okay? Not letting things slide, all right? How many of you have heard about Uncle Jimmy or Aunt Susie who you don't let your kids go around because of A, B, and C, but we're not discussing A, B, and C. It's time to talk about it. It is time to talk about it. No more secrets. Dig up the dirt. Dig up the dirt. No more secrets. If there's an abuser, let's name that abuser. Let that abuser be known. There's somebody in the family that you wouldn't let watch your kids for A, B, and C reason. Don't keep that to yourself. Let everybody in the family who has kids know that that is not the person you have keeping your kids. And this is why. The secret is what keeps the curse going. Let's get that out and let's get that person some help if we can. And for the people that have been hurt, let's get them some help. Let's break this curse. Let's chop it up into a million pieces so that it no longer exists. Let it be known. Nobody wants to participate in breaking the curse. Let it be known that you'll no longer be a part of the curse, that you will no longer be dealing with that person. And you may love this person. But we can also love people from a distance. We don't have to condone bad behavior. And we want to condone growth and progress. Okay. Know your family history. A lot of times we don't want to talk about the family. And I'm not just talking about Uncle Sam or Aunt Betty who touches the kids or does whatever to the kids. I'm also talking about our medical history. You know, some families are very good at not sharing their medical history, not letting you know that um, Uncle Tom was in the mental institution because he has schizophrenia, or they'll say he had bad nerves. Okay, what does that mean? Is that hereditary? Is that something we need to be looking out for? Who has high blood pressure? Who has diabetes? Who has high cholesterol? Who has cancer? Is there breast cancer running in the family? Is there ovarian cancer running in the family? 
Let's talk about our history so we know what to look out for, so we can break this chain, so we can start to take care of ourselves. Forgive. Forgiveness is key. And forgiveness is not for them. Forgiveness is for you. Okay? I always say there's a saying, again, I don't know if it's Buddha or Confucius, but they say unforgiveness is like, or it's anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. I say the same thing about unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. The only thing that happens when you drink poison is that you die. Again, forgiveness is for you. So you can let go and you can move on. Whether or not that other person changes, it's not your business. But you can change how you respond, how you move, and how you progress through this. Free yourself. Forgiveness doesn't mean you deal with them again. Forgiveness doesn't mean you forget. But forgiveness does mean you allow yourself to move on. So forgiveness is key. Pray and meditate. Whatever your higher power is, pray. Meditate on what you need to do. Do some self-reflection. Free yourself from anxiety, guilt, shame. Whether you had participated, was a victim, pray and meditate for what you need to be free of this. What you need to intervene in the curse. How you need to do your part. How you can do your part. And how you can be free. Make the break. Change the people, places, and things that do not serve you. If they do not add to your life, subtract them. Well, we want to make a change from a bad situation. You know, they tell people in addiction all the time, once you get clean, you can't go back to the people, places, and things you used to know. Bad situations, places, people will drag you down before you can pull them up. Change your people, places, and things. Make the break and do something different. Take accountability. If you've been contributing in any way, take accountability for your part and then make the change. For example, health issues. If you've not been taking care of your health, if you haven't been taking your blood pressure pills, if you haven't been taking the cholesterol medication, if you haven't been exercising, take accountability for that. Start exercising, start eating healthy, start doing what you need to do to maintain your health. If you see something wrong in the family, speak up. Do your part to make the change. If there's mental health issues, domestic violence issues, get counseling, seek counseling. Do something better. If not for you, then for the future generations, make sure the curse stops with you or before you. And remember, our ancestors, our great-grandmothers, our mothers, our fathers, they may not have had the same resources that we have now to stop it. So maybe that's why it kept going. And we know in the 1600s, 1700s, they definitely didn't have the resources we had. We're in a different time bracket now. We're in a different era now. We have a lot of resources to us. 
available to us and we can use them. So we have a better chance to break the curse. We have a much better chance than they did. So we got some work to do and it can be done. It can be done. Lastly, take care of you. Again, take care of your health. You can break that curse. We don't all have to walk around with high blood pressure. We can control and manage our diabetes. We can eat a little bit healthier. And that just means in moderation. You don't have to give up hamburgers and pizza all the time. Can't eat it every day, but you can have it every now and again. Okay, but take care of yourself. Make sure your relationships are healthy. Seek out therapy for you so that there's a balance. Okay? There are support groups, there's therapists, there's communities in person and online. Life is Better With You Here has tons of resources and information for therapists and support groups to help you along the way, to help you take care of you. So my challenge for you is to review your family history, see if there are generational curses, and take at least one of the steps above to address them. My affirmation for you today is by healing, I am setting an example for generations to come. And remember, regardless of your mental health journey, life is always better with you here. Thank you, and we hope to see you soon. Thank you for listening. This has been the Life is Better with You Here podcast with Dr. Childs. For more episodes, you can find us on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, and more. We would also like to give gratitude to our sponsors, the Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation and Global Insight Productions, without whom we wouldn't be able to do this. For more information about our sponsors, please visit ohiospf.org and globalinsightpro.com. And for more information about us, please visit our website, withyouhere.org. We look forward to seeing you next week. And if you have any suggestions for future episode topics, please leave us a comment. Also, if you or someone you love is in crisis, please call 988 or text Steve, S-T-E-V-E, to 741-741 for free and confidential support 24-7.